Welcome to the Alberta Wedding Podcast, a platform for Alberta wedding professionals and couples to connect, learn, and share ideas. I'm your host, wedding videographer Kevin Marr. With over 100 weddings behind me, I'm your guide to all things weddings in this great province of ours. I am so excited to have my first guest of the Alberta Wedding Podcast uh, with me today. Hi, Melissa. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Doing great. Thank you. We have only known each other probably for like less than six months, I believe, as uh, you got married this past October and I was your videographer, which uh, was a very quick turnaround from the time that you reached out to when you had your wedding, which was only a few weeks, which we're going to get into a little bit more. But yeah, let's get right into it. And I'd love to hear about yours and Chris's uh, story, how you guys met. And uh, yeah, don't hide the details. <laughs> All right. Well, Chris and I met through our mutual friends, Cassandra and Blair. He grew up with Blair and I met Cassandra through college. And luckily, we were living together when they were getting married. So I got asked to be a bridesmaid and Chris is the best man. And we didn't know each other, but uh, our friends decided it would be a good idea that we we met and they introduced us at their engagement party. So yeah, I was pretty hesitant to get involved with with, uh, someone during my friend's wedding. So I steered clear of Chris for months. To be honest, I mean, you don't go to it to define your your soulmate, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they were kind of playing matchmaker for sure, so it's definitely a little puppet game. But yeah, once they were married, then Chris asked me out on a date and out boating on the lake. So it was a beautiful sunny day, sitting on the water, and the boat wouldn't start, so it ended up being quite awkward. And I told him we should just be friends. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> so false start on a on a couple uh, fronts here. Yeah, but in the end, you know, a couple drinks later, we wanted to be together. So <laughs> it's amazing what some liquid courage will do. Yeah, for sure. So, how long have you guys been together for now? Well, it was four years ish when we started to talk about getting married. I should say. Yeah, awesome. Talk to me about your proposal because I know. Again, that wasn't too long ago. And look at you now, like you've been married for a little while too. So everything happens quite quickly, it seems, uh, with you and Chris. So walk me through that path on how uh, you both felt leading up to that. Did you know it was coming? And how was he? Like, how did he uh, deal with the whole situation? Because I know I was uh, nervous right before I proposed to my current wife, Jessica. So I'd be curious to know how Chris was. Yeah, I guess, like I said, we'd been together for four years and both of us turning 30. So it was a topic we discussed. Uh, (laughs) I don't know. It was something we discussed. We were both kind of on the same page. I think definitely he takes his time when he likes to do things, you know, on a slow pace. And I'm kind of the opposite. So it was funny. I work shift work. So I was working one week away, one week home. And I can't remember why, but I was I was irritated with Chris the night I was coming home from work. <laughs> and I get in the door around midnight and he's left a vase of lilies, my favorite flower, on the Aww. table. 
instantly, I think he's trying to get out of trouble. Earning some future uh, brownie points, right? Yeah, for sure. And there's a note on the vase and he says, Welcome home, babe. Get ready for a surprise date tomorrow at 10 a.m. So I don't know where we're going, what we're doing. I'm less mad at him now, but (laughs) uh, I'm just going along for the ride, right? And then uh, he ends up, doesn't tell me what we're doing, dressed me up in my best hiking clothes. And uh, then we started driving west on Highway 11. I remember on our drive, he was super chatty and talking about random stuff like trees. And it just didn't make any sense. The clouds. Oh, look at those clouds. Is that a shape of a heart? Yeah, right? (laughs) So a little suspicious, a little nervous acting. And my friend even, she was texting me and she goes, do you think he's going to propose? And I was like, no, there's not a chance. Not a chance. (laughs) Then we pull into the... Rocky Heli Canada site there. And we're going to go on a helicopter ride. I've never been, so I'm pretty excited about this date he had planned. And uh, we met our awesome pilot, Ralph. He liked to reference his ex-wife a lot. It was pretty awesome. Very conversational. Like, I mean, that's what we all do, right? Yeah. (laughs) Pretty funny. And then he ended up we were flying us over some glaciers and some uh, mountaintops and we landed down on Minister Mountain. And while we're posing for pictures in front of Ralph, Chris dropped a knee and proposed. So yeah, on top of a mountain by helicopter with champagne. Pulled out all the stops. And what was your reaction? Like, can you even remember what you said at that time? Yeah, because I didn't say anything actually <laughs> at all. I didn't say a word. <laughs> Stunned. stunned. <laughs> I laughed hysterically for a bit and then finally, finally said yes. So, <laughs> yeah. And that's all that, like, you know, us guys, we want to hear, right? I remember I had proposed to my wife the day before we actually filmed our very first wedding, got the permission from our couple six months in advance. And yeah, I had set up a camera pretending like I was doing some, you know, prep for the next day and yeah I got down on one knee and I can't say the words that she said when I first got down on one knee but if anybody wants that video uh, they can uh, come and reach me but yeah she eventually did say yes but we're just looking for that for that yes like we need that confirmation (laughs) all that matters right that's funny awesome so when was that when did the proposal happen yeah so that was June 17th 2022 so in the middle of summer there. So you weren't even engaged for a year before you're like, no, we're doing this this year. Let's. There's just no other way of doing it. I'm sure Chris being the type of guy he is, you know, he's like, oh, let's just, you know, take our time. And you're like, nope, no, let's do this right now. Walk me through, I guess, the next steps after that. Once uh, you guys got over the, the whole like shock and awe of we're actually engaged now. Like, holy cow, we're we're attached to the hip. Yeah, uh, it was it was pretty pretty interesting, I guess. From there, we just started deciding when when would be the right time, like what season do we want to get married in? So, you know, it's already midsummer, so that's not really possible. We can't have it a summer wedding this year, so that's off the charts. And then there's winter; it'd be all right, but you know, a lot of things come with winter, like bad roads and you don't want your guests to commute in winter if you don't have to. So that wasn't our favorite either. 
next option was either fall or next summer. And next summer sounds great and all, but that's like a whole nother year away. So <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, why do that, right? I mean, let's don't procrastinate here, like right? <laughs> yeah, I got the ring. I mean, let's let's get her over. <laughs> let's get her done. <laughs> I can't believe I said that, but <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so pretty much it come down to summer or fall. And the only thing standing in our way was if we could actually get it done before snowfall. And Mm -hmm. the two determining factors of that I thought would make that happen was if we can lock down a venue in time for a day we wanted. And if I could get a dress ordered in that time, that's, that's pretty much the only thing that, I needed to make sure that I I felt like we could do the rest. Little did I know that so Chris could have just shown up in like, like jeans and a t-shirt and like, no, I'm good. I got my dress. That's all I need. I got my venue. <laughs> Guys have it so much easier than girls. Like it takes so much less time for them. They could just like, yeah, they totally could just show up in jeans and suspenders and it'd be totally cool. <laughs> they complain the most on the wedding day. Let's be yeah. honest here. Like it's the guys are complaining the most, right? Do I have to take another photo? Come on. I just want to drink. That's right. Even though they got <laughs> drinks all day. Yeah. <laughs> so walk me through, I guess, on like the venue process, the venue that you end up going with. And I'm not going to spill the beans on which venue you end up going with. I'll let you share that. But walk me through on like how you decided on which venue to go with. I mean, obviously the date had to play a big part, but was there a vision you had in mind on how you wanted your wedding to look like? I didn't really have a specific vision, but it was just something like it had to be kind of outdoorsy and and something that both of us liked. Chris definitely likes a nice lawn, so that was important to him. (laughs) Good grass. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So yeah, I guess we started looking at venues, obviously started with a Google search and went from there. While COVID was happening, apparently there were some geniuses who anticipated weddings would be backlogged for two years, and they built some pretty amazing places in central Alberta. So a few of them that we visited was Diamond in the Rough by Sundry, Cremona Heritage Ranch, Mm -hmm. Tin Roof uh, Event Center in Lacombe, River Valley Wedding Venue also in Lacombe, and uh, Black Barn near Pipestone. Those are some of our favorites. And they all kind of had like a rustic, like outdoorsy, barnsy feeling. I don't know if barnsy is a word, but that's what it felt like to us. So <laughs> it is a word now. Yeah. This is my show. So you can say, you can make up words however you want. <laughs> <laughs> so each, each venue seemed to have its different charms and offered different things like, like costs, bartending requirements, time limits, capacity, and location. So our decision was based on capacity for indoor-outdoor ceremony if it started to blizzard, of course. Being allowed to stay late because a lot of venues disallow anything past midnight now. And like another thing was being charged extra for corkage, stuff like that. Um, But the final factor we had was the people behind the establishment. That was the most promising part for me. And we just got such a good vibe from the owners and reassurances of how the evening would go if we chose them. They were very transparent, down to earth, and just overall very helpful. So we ended up choosing uh, the Black Barn venue out by Pipestone near Leduc. 
Now, the Black Barn venue, if some of you don't know, it's a very new venue. I believe last year was her first season even. I could be wrong. Someone's going to do some fact-checking on that, I'm sure. But yeah, so they didn't have a whole lot of experience doing this. But from everything like I had seen from their social, and I'd been following them for probably about a year before we actually uh, did your wedding, it looked like a very promising you know, site and a place that you know offered great vibes for that rustic vision. It's a super elegant establishment yeah. and like yeah it just seemed very well put together. So when did you start looking for venues and when did you decide on Black Barn? Did you remember uh timeline wise uh where you guys were at? Why well, I usually go by like work weeks because that makes it a lot easier for me. <laughs> uh, I just remember <laughs> that we scheduled, I don't know, half a dozen venues in the, the first week I was off work after. And then I think the next set off that we had, that's pretty much when we had to decide. <laughs> so right. like roughly three weeks, I would say that's when we we decided that that's probably the one we're going to go with. So we're talking about, I guess, July, roughly, you know, is when you set the date and the location of you guys' wedding. So it was October 22nd of uh, last year. So you mentioned also about your dress being a major factor too. So while you're trying to find your dream venue location, you're also trying to find your dream dress too. Walk me through on how like that process went because obviously uh, Chris has no input on that. Did you have anybody help you out with that? Walk me through, I guess, how that went for you. Yeah, so we were looking at all the different um, venues and we kind of had a couple that were prime contenders and then it came down to like the dates and Black Barn had our final date open. So we had that date locked down tentatively. And now I had to see if I could get the dress in time for that date. So I pretty much just uh, set up a bunch of, went to a bunch of different of the, the dress shops in Red Deer and just made a day of it. And what ended up happening was I walked into Hello Beautiful and told her what I needed. She gave me the first dress. And I didn't need to try on any others. I did, however, I did try on others. Yeah. But at the end of the day, that same very day, I went back right before closing and got the first dress that I tried on that morning. So that was it. That's like, crazy. I got the dress and I locked in. And then like, yeah, a couple of days later, I just put my down payment on the venue and that was it. It's done. <laughs> so like everything was like falling into place, like... It was just like you waved a magic wand. It's like, okay, the guy I love, he just proposed to me on this helicopter <laughs> trip, which was crazy because you had Ralph there, which we'll get back to Ralph. <laughs> <laughs> and then you found the, the perfect venue that was available, which was crazy to think because last year was honestly such a, an insane year for everyone in the industry. It was the most weddings that have happened, I believe, since like the 80s. And so the find a date that was actually open at all is like finding a needle in a haystack. And so you were able to find that. And now all of a sudden you try on the first dress and it fits and it's perfect. So 
you're living this perfect like path, which doesn't always happen as many of our listeners can attest to. Wedding planning can be you know a roller coaster ride at the best of times. So yeah, I guess like from that point on, like walk me through on like where were you going with like what vendors were you looking at locking up? Uh, you had your your guest list that you were also dealing with. You hadn't sent out invitations yet. But maybe some people didn't even know you were even engaged at that point because everything was happening so quick. Talk to me about how things kind of went from there after you got the uh, deposit down on the venue and you got your address. Yeah, so I wouldn't say everything like just was hunky-dory, perfect, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to lie. It, was, it can be very stressful. <laughs> and... It's like a big thing that I can contribute to actually being able to pull it off would be shoulder season. Because as you said, like COVID, you know, everything just happened to open up and weddings are backlogged and like everyone's getting married. So shoulder season, nobody wants that in between time between like fall and winter, right? So everyone wants the summer. I guess my like biggest thing is that you should be flexible. <laughs> That's how you yeah. get things done. <laughs> but back to the the vendors, I'd say like it's really nice to look up connections you have within the community. Unfortunately for me, I'm not really from here, so my connections I had were maybe two hours away. One uh, non-negotiable okay. that I had was like getting our rings from Lawler Jewelry in Stetler. And that's where I'm from because they're family owned and they make beautiful custom rings. So that was one thing I, I really uh, was adamant on. Other than that, though, mostly it's just like trial and error. I had a few vendor favorites picked out and had discussed general timelines, thought they were locked down, asked to pay, and then their date wasn't available anymore. So... Of course, that sucks. But I think the biggest key to planning is is just you have to be malleable and able to adapt. So yeah, for sure. You mentioned when it was coming to your venue selection that capacity was a, a key part. Did you and Chris have in mind a rough number of how many guests you wanted to be there? If you had that in mind, or if you were just like, you threw it out and just hoped that people would actually uh, want to come out. <laughs> <laughs> Chris has a very large family. I extended relatives. I have some some large family as well. But so I think it was very important for him to have kind of his his whole family there. So we tried to base our venue off of a large capacity. We were thinking like two hundred or less would be the biggest amount we would go with kind of black barns capacity was around 175 total capacity in the end i think that's something i wish i didn't worry so much about because you end up there's probably 25 people that either canceled or declined or <laughs> didn't show up last right. minute so i mean in the end like it was by far very comfortable and and all of our guests had a great time and it wasn't that big of a deal, but we pretty much just hope for the best sending out the invites at first. So, <laughs> yeah. When did you send out the invites? And like, I guess with your invites, how did you send them out? Uh, were you sending them out uh, electronically or did you have uh, specifically 
invites made up that you mailed out? This is kind of a funny story. <laughs> I love a funny story. It's actually really embarrassing. <laughs> but so even better. This is exactly what we want for the first episode. All the embarrassing stories. <laughs> so <laughs> we decided, like of all things, just I wanted to be thrifty on this one, which wasn't a very smart one. And I just decided, wow. How hard is it to make an invitation? You know, let's like I'll just make it myself, and it'll save us time and money. And and then easy peasy, right? Yeah, and then uh, you know we don't have to deal with UPS when they lose their package in the mail because we live in the states. (laughs) That never happens all the time. So I ended up making all of our invitations, Chris and I, not just me, and it ended up costing us way more. So how many were there? How many did you have to actually make? Oh yeah, like 200, 200 invitations. And it was like, it was brutal. We ended up, Chris had to go back to the store and buy out all their ink because there's just so much (laughs) black and white. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. What point did you have like instant regret of like going down this path? But then you're like, you know what? We're so far down this path. Like we can't turn around now. Like the first time we ran out of ink. Yeah. And then there was like three more times after that. So. <laughs> but we were committed. That's funny. Yeah. You know, and we were on a time crunch. So there is no turning back. I mean, this was like a first real test for your guys' marriage coming up was these invitations. And obviously they went out and you're like, thank God. And these people better open these up and RSVP. Because my blood, sweat, and tears went into these. That's right, yeah. <laughs> People don't know the struggles that we went through for these invitations. Yeah, now they do. <laughs> so when was that? Like, when did you send out the invitations? Because we're we're now, I guess, into July, August. Was that around the time that you sent out the invitations? Yeah, it would have been July. Probably the end of July, I think. Somewhere around there. Because I think it was like three months around there before getting married <laughs> god yeah a lot of people like you said a lot of people didn't realize we were we were engaged <laughs> and then they got this, like who's chris then they got this <laughs> package in the mail and they're like oh it's a wedding all right yeah this isn't an april fool's joke folks bring your parka just in case once you got the invitations out i guess how were you feeling at that point probably relieved that that part was behind you but at that point, like, where was your your mind at, and how was Chris feeling about the the planning? And like, did you guys feel feel like you guys were on a good track because you planned everything yourselves? And so it can be very daunting as someone who's never done it before to now plan this extravagant event for two hundred of your closest friends and family. Walk me through, I guess, your uh, thought process at that time. Yeah, so we had the venue, we had the dress, we had. The invitation's out, so now we just had to make sure everyone RSVP'd. And then I had to figure out what else to do after that. <laughs> but What else is there for a wedding, right? You got everything, uh, right? I think Chris definitely helped. Like He he, uh, he was involved in everything, obviously. I think I kind of took the reins on the most of the planning, though. <laughs> so... He was okay, like, and he was helpful with everything that I asked him to do. And then I think it kind of got to a point. There's definitely one notable breakdown for me, for sure. But uh, yeah, it happens. But I think 
it just got to the point where I needed some extra help on the planning part. And like he was picking up the slack at like with stuff at home and help it all a lot that way. But in the end, it just, it was too much for me to do all at once all by myself. So I ended up delegating some certain tasks and he was captain of those and he took care of them no problem and so he like took care of the licenses and the permits and uh you know our marriage certificate this legal right otherwise yeah. it was just one big party <laughs> that's right <laughs> you know he helped with a lot of the decorations and stuff as well he he handcrafted our our arches and made a bunch of these tea light candles from from trees so yeah he that's really cool he helped out in all the all the right ways, so for sure. Obviously, it isn't all rainbows and unicorns, you know, when you're uh, planning your wedding. And even if you had a planner, it's still not all perfect. Things change, right? And things come up that you have to make decisions on. It's, it's not easy because while you're, you're planning a wedding, you, you're still got your job. You still have your all your other life commitments that you have to upheld, and so it can be really taxing on one person. And this is a great opportunity, I guess, another stress test, I guess you could say, you know, it's like, okay, is this guy really a marriage material? I'm going to find out. <laughs> and so when did you uh, start looking at hiring like a marriage commissioner, like a photographer? We'll talk about video at the end. Maybe some of the other uh, vendors that you had brought on, when did you start looking at bringing them on? And, and I guess, how did you go about in finding them? Vendors are, it was interesting. Like I said, it's nice to look up connections in your community. But if you don't have that, then uh, it, like my next best source is Google. <laughs> but you don't want just anyone either, right? You want to kind of research, right. research, like maybe get some reviews or, or like if you have friends with recommendations. Like I know one that I had, I actually emceed our friend's wedding in January and had to deal with the audio guys. It was uh, Juiced Audio from Red Deer. Okay. And, and they were just phenomenal. Like they were just like really good to work with and especially as an emcee. So I just thought they were very professional. So that's that's who I tried to grab right away because I had already interacted with them and knew what they were all about. Yeah, there was a relationship already there. Yeah, but there's so many talented and creative companies out there to choose from. And obviously, like I said earlier, there sometimes you don't get your first choice, but who's to say your first choice was any better than the next, you know? Yeah. So like another thing... Um, that happened was I inquired with this catering company from my hometown, but because our venue, as most venues, only had a prep kitchen, which means caterers must prepare food ahead of time and deliver it to the venue. Mm -hmm. This is super important because like health and safety regulations, you can't transport food from two hours away and it not make your guests all sick. <laughs> <laughs> so that wasn't really an option, right? So luckily our our venue actually had a referred list of um, caterers and I actually picked from there. We, of course, researched a few other ones, but Bob and Ronnie catering out of Pinoca, they seemed to have some really good meal choices and they were reasonably priced and they're just lovely to work with too. So that's also who we chose there. Did you guys do any uh, food testing with them or did you just uh, look at the, the line items and like, hey, I want that. 
<laughs> we actually, we didn't test our food ahead of time. I did look, like we looked at the website and checked out, they had a few different menu options or like different menus set out. And then there's one that was customizable. So you could actually kind of pick and choose or like add in some stuff of what you wanted. So that's what we ended up doing. And it turned out just awesome. Like no complaints. Yeah, as uh, as someone who's had their food now, I can say that it was very delicious. I No complaints from my end. And I've had a lot of wedding meals over the years. And so I've had a, a, a big sample size. And yeah, it was uh, definitely uh, really good. Definitely helps after working a long day and you need that good meal. And it was good. So thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> Bet. Yeah, so I guess like my main source of finding vendors was mostly Google and recommendations. And like another source is actually Instagram, which sounds funny, but okay. as long as you can like find people local to your area, then say for women trying to find hairstylists or something like that, or photographers even, that's a big one because they can actually, you can visually see mm -hmm. your photographer's work that way. That's just something that I kind of like doing, scrolling through their Instagram pages. And were there specific keywords that you were typing in? Like, because I think this is something as a wedding professional myself, we're always trying to read the minds of our couples. And it was like, what are they typing that they can find us? So was there any specific keywords that you can think of that or phrases that you were typing in to, that you thought, you know, would help give you the best results? So like Google search, I would like, it would honestly just be red deer hairstylist or red deer photographer or whatever. And then like, if you find a page, then cross-reference it with Instagram account so you can actually see what they do. That's pretty much it. Yeah. So for you, it was really important to see them on multiple sources or uh, locations online, right? You weren't just going to go by Instagram only. You wanted to see their website too. You wanted to see if they check out. Yeah. Do you want to know how I found you? <laughs> I can't remember if I... I know we have it in our inquiry contact form, but I can't remember now how you found us. But please feel free to spill the beans. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So obviously, I only found you a week before the wedding, essentially. <laughs> yeah. I had no other plans that day. I was probably just going to be like, mowing the lawn on October 22nd, right? So <laughs> so how that unfolded was me and Chris originally were like, we didn't need a videographer. We we're like, nah, it's just an extra cost, right? Trying to be thrifty again. <laughs> uh, gotta love that thriftiness. But then like, you know, we met with a photographer and she's like, well, do you have a videographer? And and then I said, no. And then... Thank you, Raylene. <laughs> Raylene <laughs> Schulmeister, yeah. And then uh, my bridesmaid, she's like, well, do you have a videographer? I'm like, no, should I? Or she's like, wow, we really regretted not having one for ours. So I don't know. And then that, I actually put a post up on Facebook. I put a poll up and I was like, videographer, no videographer. And 90% of the posts were all like, yep videographer. Was this in the one of the uh, wedding buy and sells or on your personal page? Just my personal page. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, smart. 
Otherwise, you've got a hundred different links showing up, you know, in your the threads. <laughs> and then I just happened to be scrolling Facebook one day and a friend had posted their video for their anniversary. And it was just, it was amazing. Uh, just really nice to watch. I was like, hey, I think I need a videographer. Turns out that video was made by Wagging Tail Studios. And that was the last scene on the, good. On, the, on the end of the video. And that's <laughs> when I emailed you. And that was it. Pretty much just. I remember getting that email from you. It was honestly like, I felt like it was like two weeks out. Yeah. I had basically thought I had shot my last wedding of the season, minus my New Year's Eve wedding I did. I thought, oh, I got like a two-month break here. I can just like just uh, cruise. And then you showed up on my doorstep. I'm like, wait a minute. I was like, this is pretty cool. I was like, so we got talking. And what was for you like an important factor when it came to selecting your photographer and videographer? Aside from like the images and, and the films, what was it for you that was important enough that I had to have these teams with me to capture my day? So my photographer, who is Raylene Schulmeister, she actually was another acquaintance because I had been in a wedding of my friends that she had photographed quite a few years ago, honestly. But I remembered her and looked her up again and I just thought that her work obviously it's very visual for me for mm-hmm. for uh photos so I really like natural lighting and bright lighting like warm lighting so I just feel like her photographs and her people in her photographs that's just what I wanted so that was kind of a thing big thing for me so knowing her and then as well as just like the quality of work she does. And for you, honestly, like it was just, just. <laughs> it was the face. It was the face, right? <laughs> yeah, probably. It's the hair. <laughs> All that hair, my long locks are. But again, just like how well the video was put together and like how you tell us the story is told with the video and you can see the emotion, like you can feel the emotion in the video. And I think that's just what spoke to me. And and like the big thing was that another thing was I didn't want to put more effort than I already was into trying to videotape my own speeches and stuff. So with like a GoPro. Can you imagine doing that? Like trying to do like a selfie video, like while you're doing your vows with Chris? Yeah, no. <laughs> no, so at that point I was like, we won't talk about what uh, what happened with your vows with Chris. I, you'll oh. you'll have to see that in the uh, the highlight, which uh, is going to be coming to you in due time. It's my favorite. Okay, let's uh, fast forward a little bit to the day of your wedding, and how were you feeling like that morning of showing up with your tribe, your clan, however you want to call it, your kin. Like, t- talk to me about, like, how the day went for you, how you felt, and maybe, like, what were some of the, the standout points for the day for you, aside from getting married? Fast forward, like, it's a slow start, I'm not going to lie. Like, especially for the girls, they have to get up super early and sit around and get their hair and makeup done. But it was a slow start, you know. We had a good time relaxing in the in the suite and just 
taking in the morning, having a few mimosas, feeling good. <laughs> just a few? Yeah, just a couple. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. My video footage says otherwise, but that's okay. We'll leave it like that. <laughs> Honestly, like, our wedding was great. And, like, I could say I could audit. I never really wanted one. Like, growing up, I never really knew that that was like, oh, I just need to have a wedding in my life. But it, it was the best day ever. And I think, like I said, you're three mimosas deep, and then all of a sudden, bam, you're focusing on not trying to fall on your face walking down the aisle. So, <laughs> yeah. But, Which is uh, easier said than done, especially yeah. uh, walking on grass in heels. That's right. It's super tricky. One thing, like, obviously, I'm super, I love photos and I love everything about photos. And I did find, like, I, by the end of it, we were hoping to just spend some more time with our people. But that comes down to just choosing your right package and knowing your duration of, of what you want with your photo package. So, but it was, like I said, the photographers just make you look phenomenal in every single photo anyway. So <laughs> it was super good. I've seen the photos that Raylene shared and obviously you shared. And I love working with Raylene. Like I've worked with her on a number of weddings uh, going back to, I believe, 2019. And yeah, she's a, a gem. She's a hidden gem that I just yeah. love working with. And obviously her work speaks for itself. But it's interesting that you, you did bring up about the collections, because I think that's something that you don't think about a lot when you are planning a wedding and because you you don't do this on a regular basis, you don't know. And so that's where like having deep conversations about your timeline at the beginning, it really pays dividends down the road on the day of your wedding. Yeah, absolutely. And I know like you went over it like our timeline with us, like trying to schedule everything in. And I think that that was very helpful. Even even like having a ship shape one of my own is just helpful for everyone. <laughs> Not that it was very precise, but timelines are important. And I think it, it definitely adds value to your day because like with the differences in the packages for pictures and stuff, I don't think you realize how many awesome pictures you're going to get in the end of the day. <laughs> it's like... Yeah. A lot. It's a long time, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's super good. Like when we show up, I know uh, at least we also offer uh, photography with Wagon Tail Studios. <laughs> That's yeah. a slight little plug in. Like I don't even realize like how many photos we were delivering at, at the beginning in the sense of like, because from a video background, I just look at things a lot differently. And so when my wife and I were looking at adding photography on, Back in 2020, we had already been doing video for a couple of years. I really had to do my research on what was the average amount of photos that are delivered because it really ranges from the photographer. And there's a lot of factors that play in with that. And so I think it, and it also depends on the couple too, on some couples want more of them, of just themselves. And then there, there's others that they want more of like their guests. And it's, just, it's more of showing like the whole ambiance of the entire day right so i mm -hmm. think it really depends on each situation and you can't paint all the weddings with the same brush no for sure definitely individual there's a couple more points i just wanted to touch on one i want us to talk about the porsche session with your dad's car and how cool that was which 
we've seen the photos and you've seen the teaser video that I did. Talk to me about what that meant to you, because obviously there was a lot more to it than what meets the eye. So yeah, so I have this old car. It's a 1976 Trans Am and it was my dad's. And unfortunately, like my dad and my brother both passed away. So in his memory, it's been kind of my my goal to restore this car because it's been sitting in our garage for over the 10 years, probably mm-hmm. in pieces because he would pull it apart, put it back together, work on it and whatnot. So, so I finally got this car back together and running, not quite in tip top shape, but we didn't <laughs> die. So I made it, it runs. That's always the key part, right? <laughs> yeah. So then that was one part that we added into our day was, with our photo session and our videographer session, I guess we whipped a couple donuts in our 76 Trans Am <laughs> in my wedding. And by we, who are we really talking about? Let's be honest here. Chris <laughs> isn't here to defend himself. So <laughs> well, I kind of pushed him out of the driver's seat. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. This was your moment. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> no, it was great. Like, I don't know. I just had a ton of fun with it. It was just a lot of fun, and I just really enjoyed it. And Chris did too. He he loves driving it too. So. Yeah, yeah, it was good for both of us. I love the behind the scenes videos of. There's a point where I'm literally hanging out of the side of a vehicle uh, with my camera handheld, uh, filming you guys uh, driving away. And you know, it's uh, it's the things that uh, we do to to get that shot. But I think it, obviously it works out in the end, and I'm I'm so thankful that we were able to do that because it, it was so different and so unique, and it was special to you guys more than anything. And so I'm glad that we were able to make that happen. Yeah, thanks for uh, risking your life. You know, it yeah. <laughs> worked out. Awesome. So to recap, I guess looking back now on your on your wedding, it's been a few months now. You and Chris are still together, which is great. That's always good to hear. <laughs> there's no more invitations that you have to make. So, I mean, there's no more stress tests like that that you have to endure for a while, at least, I hope. I'm on the thank yous now. I just, just oh, got my, uh, my package that was shipped back to sender in Ontario. It's back again. So I have the thank yous now. So wait, you're not doing it yourself? No, no. I, I ordered... Uh, <laughs> ordered some thank you cards like a normal person. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So looking back now, I guess, what did you learn the most about the whole process of planning your own wedding? What surprised you about the whole experience? I think so. planning your wedding in four months isn't for everyone, but it's doable. You have to be flexible and organized and take support from others when you need it. Guys, offer your help whenever you can. If the bride doesn't let Sorry, can you... Can you, can you say that again for all the guys that are listening? Because I think this is something that needs to be uh, repeated. Offer your help whenever you can. If the bride doesn't let you, that's on her. You tried. <laughs> also, shoulder season is key for if you want to book things fast. Otherwise, it's inevitable. You'll be on a wait list. And take your time and enjoy the process. It'll be over before you know it. After all the excitement, it can be hard to get back to reality. The initial chaos of planning the party, things start to slow down. And it's back to just the two of us slowly building our lives together. It's calm. It's repetitive. It's 
great. And uh, my advice is just to like never stop learning about your partner, keep going on dates and continuously improve yourself as you walk through life with your person. I definitely look at the wedding industry differently. I don't think I even looked at it at all before. (laughs) It is the most glamorous industry you can ever imagine. And it offers just so much creativity to people getting married, to planners, to the venue owners, dressmakers, videographers, photographers, hairstylists, florists. Like it's an endless web of awesomeness. And I love it so much. And I just want to be involved in it from here on out. So it's more to it than a person thinks. It's uh, it's not just a party. It's the celebration of your entire lives. I mean, I couldn't have said it better myself. I really believe that going through it yourself, you do have a better understanding and, and more respect for the uh, hardworking uh, professionals in this province that, you know, we all bring something different to the table. And the nice thing about what we do is not everyone is the best fit for everyone. And so do your research, take your time if you can, or if you, in your case, you know, do it in four months and just hope for the best. Uh, <laughs> I want to thank you, first of all, for coming on here and sharing your story, because I think it's really interesting to hear from a bride's perspective of like the whole process of going through the planning and all the, I guess, the ebbs and flows that come with it, because it isn't this glamorous way of life, although like the end product is there's a lot of hard work that goes in and sacrifices that go into making it happen. And I think going through like again like going through it like you said you do have a better understanding of what it takes to to put it on and I think that's amazing what you've been able to accomplish and I'm so happy for you and Chris and we actually got to reconnect not too long ago I got to come down uh, to your uh, property and uh, go on a snowmobile for the first time yes I'm 38 years old I live in Alberta on my first snowmobile two months ago. <laughs> Nearly fell off. Yeah, it was a little crazy. I felt more scared then than I did uh, hanging out on the side of a car on a dirt road. But it was a lot of fun uh, capturing you guys, you know, uh, on your sn- snowmobiles and just showing what life is like after your wedding. Any final thoughts, like anything else you wanted to share about how the whole process went? I know we didn't get to touch on like your hair and makeup. But that obviously plays a big part too. Was there anything else that uh, we didn't cover that you wanted to share before uh, we uh, sign off? Honestly, yeah, like our day went very well. I can't really say there there was like one hiccup with like the bridesmaids' dresses having a weird blob that they found on it, and then it transferred from one dress to the other dress. But it was fine. Like other than that, there was. <laughs> There was honestly nothing that really like went wrong or that could really could upset our day. Like everything was just went swimmingly, you know what I mean? So, and even if there was something that were to maybe not go as planned, I just have to say like, you can't fixate on that. And that's not, it's not going to make your day any better if you try and try and fixate on something negative. So I just say, you know. Mm focus on the positive things and, and that's all you can do. Just go with it. Go with it. Awesome. Well, thank you again, 
Melissa, for uh, jumping on here and sharing your story. I think it's one that I believe a lot of our listeners are going to uh, be able to relate to. And yeah, I think it was uh, really interesting just to hear how the whole process went from your perspective because it's you don't know if you don't know. And we as vendors don't know always what you're going through unless we've gone through it ourselves. And even our own planning, our own weddings is different from, say, yours, right? So thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, well, thanks for having me. This has been fun and hope you all the best in the podcast world. Thank you. Again, another special thank you to Melissa for hanging out with me on the Alberta Wedding Podcast and sharing your unique wedding planning journey. As well, I want to thank you, my listeners, for tuning in. I'm excited to have you join me on this new adventure. Each week, I will pull back the veil and introduce you to the faces behind the brands that you love in Alberta. I would love it if you could leave a review and let me know what you think of this episode. Until next time, stay well and be merry.